Welcome to Faith and Farmers, the Lakeshore Community Podcast, where we will learn the history of this beautiful area and hear the stories from the people who live here, love here, and serve here. I'm your host and friend, Seth Mulder. Let's go to work. The back surgery that you had um, when you attended BYU, was that the first surgery that you had had mm-hmm. or was there previous surgeries prior to that one? When I was uh, at Rick's, I had fallen a time or two and I think that what jarred it, but it was when I was down to BYU that I had gone home for Christmas vacation and I couldn't get up after... Back I, just said, no, I couldn't get up out of the chair. So my other dad just brought me right straight down to Utah to a Dr. Kazarian who checked me out and put me into surgery right quick. Oh, okay. But, but can I go back and tell a story about when I was three years old? Of course. And I was playing ball and uh, we had the hay field and wheat fields uh, always come right next to our lawn they just farmed right up to the lawn and uh i lost it out there and that was my toy and so i said a prayer and asked heavenly father to help me find it and i walked right out and picked it up to this day i've never forgotten it but I have the strongest testimony on prayer because he's answered them so many times. But that was my first experience knowing that Heavenly Father answers a prayer. And the other time was when my brother, we lost my brother and we had the whole town looking for him. Uh, the neighbors, right, basically, were all looking for him. And I said a prayer to help find him. We found him in a sleeping bag. He was so tiny. We thought he had drowned in the ditch and oh. different things, all these things that could have happened. But he was right next to me in a sleeping bag, rolled up, and but the, he was so little that the roll-up of the sleeping bag just didn't even show he was there. And we didn't shake it right off the bat to see. Yeah, see was in <laughs> What's there. in this sleeping bag? We just didn't think anything was in there. Yeah, it's... The thing I love about both of your stories as youth, children, is that it's just been line upon line. Your Your testimonies and... Your experiences with the Savior have just come little by little. And it's such a testimony to me that the Lord answers simple prayers. Oh, He shows up in our lives in very simple ways. When I had my back surgery, uh, when you go to Ritz and BYU, you, you're in uh, college uh, wards. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Anyway, my back surgery was so bad that they didn't think I'd make it because uh, I my lungs filled with blood. And it's hard to get, you can't pull blood out of your lungs. It has to be reabsorbed. Oh, okay. And so they didn't know if they would be, if it would reabsorb. So I was in Utah Valley and they took me up to Salt Lake to put me in a machine up there and um, the ward I was in got together and had a prayer for me and my ward in Louisville did the same thing back then they they had uh, I guess it's okay to tell out right now but they they had the same prayer circle that they have in the temple. Mm. And they, they, whether they should have or not, they did. And I was healed from, from that the blood, blood in my lungs. And 
not thinking that I would make it through. And I, I did. I uh, come home uh, first, and all my friends would bring me toys like Jay. But the biggest thing I love to do is I love to read, and I love to, to uh, can't even remember, the, not checkers, but chess. chess. I learned how to play chess, and I don't even know how now. But I remember doing that, and then reading the book, uh, Nicholas and Alexandra, the whole book that was about that. Oh, yeah, pretty thick. Yeah, it was about two inches wide, at least two inches wide. And it was a long book, and I read every word of it, and I just started to read after that a lot, too. And then I did a lot of reading when we was, but I had to read in the tub with the kids so I could shut the door and... Lock them out. <laughs> Lock them out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to jump, we're going to jump right into it. So right after you had your back surgery, while you attended BYU, is essentially when you met your sweetheart. Mm -hmm. So who wants to tell the story about how you both met? Well, I had just, because I'd just barely gotten back from having my back surgery, uh, Lynn Basgard, his friend, come up to see another girl that was took my room that was had been engaged to Randy Gordon. Oh, yep. Okay, yes. Yes, yes. We talked. Yes. Okay. <laughs> anyway... Lynn come in to see Ladine Anderson, or no, uh, uh, what was her name that lived across from Gordon's in the, where we, Wilfred, or, that lives, a, that, that lives down here across from, uh, Brett Herbst. Oh, the Sheets. sheets. Okay, but who lived in who there? Who lived there what, for the sheets? That was, that was uh, Beckstrom's at that Beckstrom. time. Beckstrom. Joan Beckstrom is, is who was Joan it? Beckstrom is one. The and Lynn, that is... That, that the, Randy had... Oh, Randy. Got, and then, but Lynn knew, because he lived next door to her, that took my place while I was having surgery. And I got to go back into my room. She had to leave... But she was still there, and he come in, and I said to him, "Why don't you line me up with somebody? If you got somebody you could line me up with?" And just then Jay walked past the window with another girl that he was with, and he said, yeah, "I'll line you up with him." And that's what happened. <laughs> you were lined up, and here we are, fifty years later. Yeah. And here we are. I love it. We was married five months after that. So married, where were you married? Idaho Falls Temple. Okay, married in the Idaho Falls Temple five months after you met. Mm -hmm. But then moved directly back to Lakeshore? Or where? Yeah. We oh, okay. To Lakeshore and lived for, um, there was the schoolhouse and another house. And then there was a, another little house and then the grocery store. Oh, Okay. Yeah, and grocery store. Yep, that and little grocery store. Let me tell you what makes this whole thing so ironic with us getting together. All the Barneys and all the Akinses that lived in Lakeshore were first cousins with all the Barneys. In fact, they lived right across the street from us in Louisville, okay. where I grew up. Uh -huh. And the Akins were first cousins. So for us to move, me to move from... Louisville, where the Barneys and Akins grew up. Yeah. To Lakeshore, where the rest of the Barneys and Akins were. Is that not ironic? That is. That is. It's like, that was so interesting that we would have the same common interests. Jay graduated with one of the kids that, uh, from Louisville, and then he's got the same, he's in the same picture when he graduated from BYU. So the balls. And their last name was Balls. Just little things like that of how, you know, we had so many common interests. Just, just from that little down. bit. We had, knew the same people. Yeah. How interesting is that to, to come from one little town? From Lake, Lake Shore's just a little 
Yeah, it is. A drop in the bucket for, yeah. you know, it's not a big place. Yeah. What have you found has been the biggest difference for you um, being on a farm up in Idaho versus a smaller farm down in Utah in Lakeshore? Well, my prayer was always that I wouldn't, because I told you people come with gifts and I I had so many Jay knows about all the boys that I went with that they they come following and chasing me to the end. But I had prayed for someone. That would be kind and good to me, not knowing at the time all the health problems I would have. But the minute I met his mother, I knew this was the right person. And he has been. Jay is so kind. He said his dad was. So is Jay. He's the kindest person. Never gets mad. Never has gotten mad. His whole life. He's just a good man. And that's what I wanted. On top of that, my kids know that my dad was not kind mm -hmm. to my mother. And I didn't want that. If that's what many did to you, I didn't want that. I wanted someone that was like what I got. And a mother-in-law that was the most perfect mother-in-law in the world. I loved her so much. And Jay was good to her. He took care of her because she couldn't do anything. And he had to take care of her, get her to work and back while we were married and raising the kids. And he did. Never once did I ever hear him complain about anything. I never have heard him complain. He's just a good man. <laughs> Thank you. Ain't that good? Me <laughs> he is. But anyway, yeah. Where, where did the Kleenex? Oh, right. I, I just need one. I still don't. Yeah, with that, I. I took her on a date that didn't work out too good. <laughs> well, where did you take her? Why I took her. I took bad? her for a ride. In our in our in, dune buggy. in our homemade dune buggy, up to the tower <laughs> the on the West Mountain, and made. And then and I then had done the most work on it, but the part that worked with mine has not. Anyway, coming back down from the tower, it quit on us, and so I had to carry me down. Carry, carried Marla back off the West Mountain. Just had back surgery. <laughs> but just back surgery. So I packed her off the mountain and I thought, well, and so the next day I said, I got to take her to something nice. His so mother we said, you better. <laughs> <laughs> I had to, so I took her to a nice dinner, I thought. It anyway, was. At Park, it was nice. went up to Park City and ate, but I go back down and got the dune buggy, and it started right off when I went back down to get it. Oh, of course, right? <laughs> That's how it always happens. Always, always yeah. happened that way. But yeah. Back, back her off, but that was, that was funny. Yeah, my, in growing up, after I come home off my mission, and I went to work for Johnson Tractor, and then I worked there, and then my older brother and I had bought the farm, and was getting the farm and and the I bought the equipment I bought I would buy the equipment and then he buy the tractor I bought my equipment from from Johnson tractor and Lee bought his tractor from A&H equipment Wendell Hanson <laughs> which was good anyway so I Wendell says I realize what that's going to cause you but he says I'll give you the the second you take the tractor I'll let you <laughs> go back to you can come and go to work for us so I ended up working for A&H equipment for the remainder 
then Lyle Larson come and got me. I was 23 years old. And he said, come and go to college with me. And I said, Lyle, I've been out of college, high school for eight years. He said, don't worry about it. I was a return missionary. That was back when, if you was a return missionary, you got into BYU with no problem. You didn't have to take ACT tests or any of those things. Oh, They just said, you're a return missionary? I got in BYU. And Lyle said, well, you're 23, 24, you're going to be 20, 27 or 28 when you graduate from... From BYU? From school. You're going so, to turn 28, whether you yeah, go to college or, or not. not. Yeah, yeah. And so I went to college, graduated, <laughs> and that's how I ended so up college. So what did you study at But BYU? I was 27. Economics. Oh, okay. Ag Econ. Okay, Ag Econ. I love it. But no. right after you, that, you were married, obviously, at that point. No. Nope. No, you weren't. No, I, so how old were you when you got married? I was just about 28, but I was a little old. 28 and you 27. Were I was 27. 27. I, I'm 22. 22. 22. So there's about a five year difference. So there's five and, and back then yeah. was the Vietnam War. Uh huh. And when I got engaged and took Jay home, uh, Dad asked him what his number was because you had a number. Uh huh. And if he'd be called up, and Jay says, I don't have a number. Uh, and he says, How come? And he says, I'm too old. I'm too old. And my mother and I were in the kitchen. She grabbed me just like this and pulled me to the side. She said, How old is he? <laughs> and they, were, they had to laugh that he was too old to have a number. Yep. Well, but, you're marrying old then. But Lyle Larson got me to, got me to go to, to school with him. Lynn Badgard, close friend, got me married. So, yeah. Lined me up with the. Got to appreciate good friends that so good friends, yeah. help, you, help you be better and help you find yeah. a sweetheart. <laughs> yep. So right after you got married, though, um, you said you you had gotten pregnant right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With your oldest, which is? Zane. Zane. And then after Zane, it is? Rochelle. Rochelle. And what's the age difference between those two? There's two years, two years. but there's about 18 months difference as well. Okay. And then after Rochelle? Morgan. Morgan. Grant. And then Erica. Morgan Grant and then Erica. Okay. Um, what What do you remember most raising little kids? And what advice would you both give young parents who are raising kids? You know, the whole time we raised kids, Jay was in the bishopric and of some kind. He was either in one or the bishop. And... And he was in the high council part of that time, too. And so he was always gone. So I had to do it alone. I don't know, I just learned to do it. Sometimes I growled about it. Jay just was patient about it. (laughs) He'd say he would send the kids up on the stand with me if you need to. But then I wouldn't let him really go up there to disturb things because that wasn't good either. But... uh, yeah, I just, just, you'd learn to, if I could do things different, I would have been a little more patient and not growled the kids for every little thing that I thought they had to do perfect. They don't have to do things perfect. They just need to, you have to teach them and that, but you, you just, I wished I would have just been a, a little different in how I had done that teaching (laughs) on a lot of that. But the kids knew uh, we did a lot of, well, he was in the bishopric. I was in a presidency, in the Relief Society presidency almost my whole life until my health wouldn't let me be in anything anymore. But I was in the state presidency and the state primary president and the state relief society, relief society president, primary. I just, young women. She's been very active. Yeah. And I had to raise the kids doing, in those positions while he was in his positions. And so the kids learned when I make something, they'd start to say, 
who's this going to, or do we get any of it? I always made enough of the same thing for my family that I took out. I never did make things that I took out that I didn't leave for here. That's why I, I was a big cook during those years and taking things out. So that's probably where the list come from. Yeah. <laughs> where, where's this gonna go today? Yeah. You'd look at the list and see who, who was, but you know what, they could go with us. The kids could go and help take it in and got to know people that way. Yeah. I think kind of interesting, you know, you, you think back, when I went on my mission, I was set apart as a missionary by Gordon B. Hinckley who later become a prophet. <laughs> anyway, he was, he, he was just a newly ordained apostle. He was the youngest apostle as a group, but he was set me apart as a missionary. And he, as he got through, he, as he set me apart, he says, you will never be a leader in the church. And, and which, that's fine, you know. And, but they got through with the, with the, sent me apart as a missionary, he come back and he says, but you will, when I said a leader, I meant you will never be a general authority. <laughs> I, yeah, I realized that one, you know, that, <laughs> that simple. What an but he come back and he mean? said, but you will probably have the opportunity of serving in your ward a little bit, you know. And, uh, and he says, you'll find that our church is great because of the feet on the ground, the people with the feet on the ground. He said, that's the people that are working. And I find that to be so true. But I had the opportunity of, as Marta said, I had the opportunity of being in the Sunday school presidency, the MIA, I was counselor, and then I was a MIA president, and then I was the elders quorum president, and then I was in a bishopric, and then I was in the high council. Then I was a bishop, and then I was uh, in a had a few other callings in oh. over to BYU as in the missionary in a missionary with the branch at the He's MTC, and then in Utah County Jail, it was this opportunity to be in the branch presidency. But anyway, I've, I've had the opportunity of serving in several capacities and. And had the opportunity of teaching and a few things, and I, I've hoped that I've had my feet on the ground a little bit, and it, it's just, I think there's another one. Elder Hinckley knew me from nothing because it was just a young missionary coming in, and he pretty well outlined my life. I was told I'd never be a general authority type situation, but that, that I would hold many positions as a... In the ward. In, a, in my ward, and maybe even in the stake. And I, and I have had that opportunity of having quite a few. Religious-wise, you know, that kind of thing that, that happened. But here's somebody that didn't even... And because of his me. positions, <laughs> I was blessed, too. I mean, when Brady has a, a calling, guess who's next with, you know, right by him, jail to get in position. You, you go with him when he's in the bishop, as bishop. You're right there beside him. As the wife, you go and do things with them. What a blessing that is. Yeah. Because we, we grow as we meet people and... We learn from people. Do you know, the biggest things we learn from are from other people. It is so true. It, it isn't because we did something great. It's because other people did, and we learned from their examples and how good they were. I, I, I think I can give credit to anything that I have done good is because of other people that I've looked at and wanted to be like. And there's so many good people in Lakeshore. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the things that I love about this podcast is we, we talk a lot about the people in Lakeshore and the community and the unity that is here. Marlo, can you think of an experience where you have felt cared for by someone in this community? Yeah. 
share that with us. When I've been down and sick, and I, I can just name one person. I can think of a few people, but I don't think it's good to say one name in particular over another, because so many people were here to help take my kids or help me. I will tell you one story, though, with Joanne Gordon. And I just had foot surgery. And, oh, you can't step on that foot, so you couldn't do anything. And she came to see how I was. And you know how we go in a lot of times and say, let me know what I can do for you. Well, yes. guess what? You don't tell people, I really would like this done or that done. <laughs> you know, you don't do that. And I just says, oh, I'm fine. And she looked around for a minute, and she says, I'm going to mop your floors. And I've never forgotten that. I needed that at that time. Not somebody to come in and say, what can I do for you? Or let me know if there's something I can do for you. They did something. That's what we need to do. We don't need to go in and say, now let me know if I can help you. Because people aren't going to do that. You need to look around and say, I'm going to mop your floor for you. I'm going to do your dishes for you. I'm going to do something like that. That's what we need to do. Have your feet on the ground, like Jay says. Yeah. There's work that needs to be done. There's service that needs to be done. Just do it. Yeah. Go be a person that does it. I love that. Jay, what about you? You've been around a long time. <laughs> 78 years. I, is that right? 78? Yeah. Mm -hmm. what, what's been a time in your life that you have really felt cared for by a member in this community? Oh, gee, an awful lot of time. Probably some of the biggest times with meeting with the old older people was uh, growing up as a teenager and the older men that were in the ward and and uh, just the support and the help that they give me you know I just uh, they act and just be very very kind and considerate and it just and and I'm a little bit like Marla, but I, boy, they're just, every one of them, yeah. you know, almost, I will say. And uh, so, yes, I, I've had that experience from taking me hunting to, to make certain that I got to do this or got to go there or got to go water skiing or got to go this and do this and just people, just everybody would just... When he was young. When I was young, they were there to just help and... Because he didn't have a dad yeah. to go with him. Yeah. They stepped and they in and... And they just... The so, I really had maybe a little bit more, but it comes back. I'll say every one of my close friends that I had, their parents, their dads were... They stepped in. Would were very very considerate and kind to me that you wouldn't even, and so and like I said, kids three years older to three years younger than four or five years younger than me. I just they just was just great people. They just come and I like I say I can name them, but I take it hours, yeah. and they were very very considerate and helpful. Yeah. I got to tell a story, though. Jay used to go to Idaho to do potatoes and uh, and leave me home with the family for about three weeks when he'd go up. Well, we, we was raising pigs. The pigs got out. Well, you cannot chase a pig and get it back in the pen for love nor money. <laughs> and so I didn't know what I was going to do. So I think I started calling Leroy Shepherd and he wasn't home and called Wendell Hansen and he wasn't home and I called uh, Randy Gordon and he wasn't home. Well, I guess they all got on the phone to try and find their husbands or Randy and all, and they had gotten a hold of Effie Sabi that used to live next door. <laughs> and here she come with her broom and she says, I can get him in. <laughs> Talk about funny. Just watching her, chasing him, and she'd give up. 
she could not get him in. But what happened was Wendell, Marva called and found Wendell, and they found Lee right pretty soon half the community was, was here, here to help me get the pigs back in. That's how good the people are. I mean, Jay wasn't here, and I called one or two families to try and get some help, and the next thing you know, they're all here. Yep. That, yeah. is, that is the community right there. Yep. Yep. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and Effie with her broom. And Effie. She, actually, that's not the first time she's been brought up on the podcast. So she has she has made her mark <laughs> in Lakeshore. <laughs> she had a good heart. She had a good heart. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I love it. It was funny. Oh. Um, we're going to talk a couple of stories that we want to make sure get shared on uh, the podcast. Jay, tell us about uh, working at IFA. And oh, got crushed. <laughs> may, maybe something that happened there when you were working. Oh, geez. Well, one of the biggest things was I can remember one time I went to dinner, come back from dinner, got out of my car and forgot to turn it off. <laughs> Run out of gas. But other than that, <laughs> <laughs> and it was, but it was real good. I maybe enjoyed working at Intermountain Farmers, you know, with the type work was great. And I, I enjoyed doing that. And, uh. But it just didn't work out. It was like one day I was needed to get grain planted, and I was out spreading fertilizer in Skull Valley, and I can remember coming down Johnson Pass at ten o'clock at night, coming back into into Tooele area, and uh, I thought this is just not for me. <laughs> it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it it was. It was real good, and I got my grain planted that night before I got got all through. But it was, it, I really enjoyed working for Intermountain Farmers. But one of the unique things was, is uh, one day I was hauling grain up, my grain up to them, and one of the guys was cleaning the fertilizer carts down below. And I went to raise, to dump my grain, and I lifted up the tailgate to dump my grain, and it, it fell down as I raised it up, and it wasn't coming out. So I went back out and raised my tailgate so I could get it out. And one of the guys, Kenny, he was uh, there and nailed me between my truck and the fertilizer cart. Now my truck was, you know, in part, I had probably, only well, only seven ton of grain on it, but anyway, he moved me and the truck and three or four feet, <laughs> and it hit in my back, and uh, and and it it was okay. I Randy Gordon gave me a blessing on my back. I've had a lot of those anyway, and it and it went real good. And then when I got a little bit older, about eighty, about sixty. Four years old, I can remember going in and talking to Dr. Reichman, and he says, ah, I see that you've had a major hit in your back. And I said, yeah, I did back when I was about 30 years old. <laughs> and he said, uh, if we don't get it fixed, he said, it's a simple fix. And he says, if you don't get it fixed, he says, your spine is already over. And it, he didn't know why it hadn't yet, but it could have went down and tore my uh, nerve, your oh, spinal cord. Yeah. And anyway, he said, so we got to hurry and do that. So they got, got my, I had my back operated on and they put it back together. And simple, but anyway, it was, could have been serious, but just another thing of luck and Randy. Randy's I, blessing. He literally was healed. That's Randy Gordon. Yeah, just is. When that, when he was pinned between the thing, and Randy was, gave him a blessing. He. But that was all, and but I can say, if you have a truck that you're standing by, and you get hit in the back with fertilizer cart pushed, and you move the truck, and of course. There was grain on the ground, so the wheels moved a little easier than if it would have been on solid cement. But 
Anyway, I still move, but it kind of gave me a pretty good, pretty good jolt. Yeah. But with, I, it's another blessing that was given to me when I was a little bit younger. Another blessing, you know, when you take looking back to the nursing, I can remember when I went into, I had a stroke, went this into the doctor and Dr. Prishnick took it into me and come back and said, there's, it's interesting, he says, to see this. He said, there's a couple of things, he says, that I can't believe. He said, one, you've had several strokes and you didn't know it. And my dad died of a stroke. That's not a heart attack. He ended up dying of a stroke. Oh, he did. Okay. <laughs> His arteries completely plugged up. He said, that, that is amazing. But he said, the biggest thing that I really can't believe is the right rear quadrant of your brain is dead. And your right front quadrant is completely in bad shape. And he says, but yet... You're sitting here talking to me. You was able to walk in here. He said, you shouldn't have been able to make sense. You shouldn't have been able to be walking. You shouldn't have been able. But again, I think that it's through the blessings of the priesthood. So in other words, in Doctrine and Covenants, it says to some is given the, the, the blessing of heal, healing. And others has been given the blessing to be healed. Uh, and so I'm kind of on the be healed side because I've had a, a major stroke, had back that way. Both my knees are bionic now, they're iron knees, bionic operated. My hip, when I fell off the semi, is is uh was shattered and they put an iron rod down it and my hip is in real good shape there's just a lot of things and, and a lot that comes from the blessings from other people and a couple of the blessings i've had it from my own sons and it's been pretty that's been a kind of a, a blessing on the other side you know that yeah that your own your own boys are the ones that give you a blessing. It's always great to have an Uncle Yule, and it's not great to have a friend like Randy Gordon and there's a friend, you know, other friends, and it just, but it's also great that your kids are able to give you a blessing and see yeah. where they kind of blessed. Yeah. With, this is a question for both of you that I want you to answer. Um, you both have had different health challenges. Um, and a life full of adversity. You know, all of us have our own unique trials. Um, what have you learned the most throughout your life? Uh, through trials, through hardships. What do you feel like you've learned the most, Marla? You always grow from your trials. There isn't a trial that you don't learn something from it. I'm learning patience. <laughs> it is really hard. To have done a lot of things like I've done and been on the go and done, I love to cook. I loved, I started a business with my minky blankets and that was so fun for me and, and my kids knew how much I loved doing that and uh, to where I can't even walk or do anything. I failed two days ago outside and it hurt and I I thought to myself, I'm lucky I didn't break something, but with Parkinson's disease and that can really mess you up yeah. <laughs> sometimes. It's not a good thing, but uh, Jay never lets me walk anywhere. He's holding on to my hand <laughs> everywhere we go. But it's been good, you know, as a whole. We've had some great friends, you know. We used to go down to Lake Powell with some of my friends and we'd in the summer and we we just had oh, we've a had lot of great fun. a lot of great prop fun times with our friends and and most well are basically all Well it started with Jim and Carolyn Rick trip. 
on their boat. And they got us as a group of friends, Leon, Arlene and, and Jean and, and Vernon and Arlene and Randy and Joanne, and a whole bunch of us. We started to go down to Lake Powell as a group. And then we started to take our families, and then we got our own boats. And then, of course, we started, we got a cabin at Island Park, and their kids still love That's one of their favorite things to do is go to Island Park. And we're going again this year. Oh, I love that. And... Uh, the grandkids, they they all show up. They all want to come and do it. I'm so grateful for that. It's one of our our Sunday dinners that we're together. And during the uh, COVID, when we had to have church at home, I loved it. I absolutely loved doing it. I saw my children. They gave the best lessons. And my grandchildren, they're so smart. They know the gospel so good. And when we could do that and then they could pass the sacrament, if they had to go back to that, I would love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love doing that with my family. Of course, my everybody's different because if they're little kids and they stay up to them, it's a little harder. We would go around to all the different families and... I don't know, that was something I loved that time. And all my kids said the same thing. They almost hated going back because we loved getting together and having our lessons. And we just, they just took turns and loved it. Speaking of grandkids, what advice, or not even advice, just in general, what would you want to leave with your grandkids? What would you like them to know about each of you? What would you like your future posterity? Your great-grandkids and great-great-grandkids. What do you want them to know about Grandma and Grandpa Evans? <laughs> Just what I said, family is everything. And the gospel and staying close together my grandkids, their best friends are their cousins. That's who they like to do things with. And, and uh, of course, when they get a little older and get married, then, of course, that will extend to their own families. But to, to want to do things, it's family. Yeah. And to stay close to the church. Do what they're asked to do, what the prophet says. It's for a reason. <laughs> We read about it, and then we forget that it, what we, we read about is happening now, and we need to be the same way. We need to be strong and and do and be obedient and do what we're asked to do. And if they'll do that same thing and stay close as a family, you can get through anything. Yeah, I agree. I agree. If you have family. And you can have friends and everything else. And you need those. But it's your family. What about you, Jane? What would you say? I agree with Marla. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I enjoy with our kids. Uh, they're going to have problems and there's going to be things that happen. And that's some things that maybe we don't want it to, to quite go that way, but... Uh, I just hope that I always have an open mind and come back and and make things the best, make things right, you know, the best that they can. And uh, I think the greatest thing is, is the Savior says that forgiveness, if we ask for forgiveness and don't do it anymore, he'll forget it, you know, and never even think about it. And and I just hope that our kids realize that, yeah, maybe there's going to be times that they do make a mistake, but uh, they can make things work out if they yeah. just will do the best they can. And that's the thing that I hope that each one of our kids do, do know that they can have it so that they can be blessed. I think that 
there's some of us maybe like me that gets blessed more than what the average person is but I think that I like I say I was pro probably one of those that was given that <laughs> to be blessed I guess but anyway I, I like we that. haven't mentioned one in particular but our daughter I want her to know that she can be forgiven of everything not to quit, not to give up or think she's not worth it. Yeah. I, love that I want her to know that, that I love her. That her brothers and sisters love her. And I hope she listens to this and knows that. We do love her kids. We do love every, each and every one of them. And we know that there's going to be problems. There's going to, there's going to be things that happen here and things are going to happen there. Wish that they wouldn't, but things are going to happen that way. Something I loved, uh, we talk about this as a family all the time now. Uh, Bishop Rindlisbacher spoke at our daughter's baptism. And one of the things that he said that really stood out to me um, was he's, he said to the audience, there's nothing you've ever done or a path that you've taken so far that you can't come back from. Exactly. That the Savior can't heal. Um, that you can't be forgiven of. And I, I do think that's such a, a strong uh, testament to me that the atonement of Jesus Christ is real. Anybody can come back at any time. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I love your testimony of that. And I well, guess... Yeah, of anything, like you say, that is one thing I'd hope our grand, that I would want to always let my grandkids know and my children know that that can and will happen if they... They want it. If they want it, yeah. I love that. Oh, I like that comment. Thank you. Thank you so much. The last question I have to ask is what do you hope for Lakeshore in the next 10 years? <laughs> Oh, I'm not here. Oh, <laughs> Marla hopes she's not hope, here. Yeah, I hope I'm not part of the. Yeah. But what do you hope for Lakeshore as a general community? That we stay like this. That we don't let big homes come in and take over. They will, I guess. But it, I oh. would, I would just like to see it as a nice, nice community that you get to have your horses and. The, and I'm not a horse man, though, but I mean that you have it. Yeah, whatever you, you want, want, you can have here in Lakeshore. You know, we're lucky. Yeah. Yeah. I hope it stays that way so that our kids can be what they want to be and do what they want to do. And, and you know, I loved Lakeshore days. And we was at the temple, so we missed the... No, I think because we was at the temple. We, we go to the temple every week, and but we was with our grandson that night. He was out getting his down. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that. And so we couldn't make to that. But but things like Lakeshore Days is a good thing, you know, to let the communities get together. and we just I like that, yeah. Keep the tradition. Yeah, Regardless yeah. of the growth, keep the traditions. It makes Lakeshore make Lakeshore. Yes. I do. I, I, I can appreciate that answer. That's what really keeps this community tight-knit. That's what's important. That. Okay. The last... I, well, I said that was the last question, but I'm going to ask you one more. What is your biggest fear? That those things will change. <laughs> those things will change that we're going to see hard hard times and hope that we can get through them yeah. and I'm trying to say things are are changing and maybe not for the better and it's just something that we've got to buckle down and realize that our father in heaven is there to bless and help us and if we just ask for his help it will come and we will be blessed and maybe not in our time and the way that we want it to be, but it will 
you had the opportunity and look back over it and you think, I was blessed with that. I have been, had some nice situations, things happen to me, you know, and it just, uh, things have been good. But yeah, I just hope that things might get a little harder. We're told that they're going to get harder. Yeah. You know, we listen to general authorities talk at night when we go to bed. After we've said our prayers and we listen to a general authority or the 12 apostles talk to us and they go back. But boy, when they're talking right now and telling us things are going to be hard, get prepared, do the things that we've been told to do, and then we don't have to worry. We don't have to fear. So our biggest fears come when we're not prepared or doing what's right. That's where fear comes. So really, if we're doing what's right and if we're prepared, we don't need to have that fear. We yeah. just have to taught right, our families right, and, and then move forward. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you both for sharing your hearts, your testimony, your life experiences with us. As all of our listeners can tell, and if they, as you've heard in the past um, hour and a half of listening to this episode, uh, Jay and Marla Evans are very special people. And you've had a life full of experiences and blessings and hardships. And it has just been amazing to hear those stories. And you have just taken life with a positive attitude and just one step in front of the other. And you've just wanted to serve people and love people. And we couldn't ask for better people in Lakeshore. So thank you for being here. What an awesome episode. We will see you next time on Faith and Farmers, the Lakeshore Community Podcast. I'm your co-host, Ashley Shepard. Until next time. Wow, what a great episode. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to check out the next installment of Faith and Farmers, the Lakeshore Community Podcast. I'm your host and friend, Seth Mulder. Until next time, keep up the good work.